everyone, welcome to Let's Get Both Ties. I'm back with our good friend John. Hello, hello. With his rich, velvety voice, whatever. He... This, is, this is me first thing in the morning, so. Yeah, he sounds that good, but he's still tired as hell, so, you know. <laughs> what, what, not why that am, good. Why am I the only podcast getting this guy? <laughs> What's wrong with the rest of you? Okay. I, think, yeah, I need to start just selling myself out there. Oh, boy. We, that, we just both need to go into voice work, okay? <laughs> Anyways, um, so we're kind of like on the tail end of the fellow travelers hype, but I kind of want to talk about this as, uh, you know, award season's kind of dying down, but, you know, it was this pretty big gay show that kind of popped up and based on a book and uh which is based on real life events so yeah um so i guess it started in 2007 as a book by thomas mellon who yeah i, I i'm not super familiar with him so i'm not going to say much more about the author but he wrote it, it was set in the 1950s in washington dc um, during the Lavender Scare, where they were trying to make sure people who were gay were not working in the government, so they couldn't be blackmailed into giving out government secrets. Um, it follows this younger, younger guy named... Whew. Okay, the name should be right on my mind. Tim, what's his last Tim? name? Tim? Uh, I Tim. was going to say Watley, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> I either was going to go with Tim or Skip. That was the only two I would call. Okay, yeah, it was right on my mind. I like, I know the guy he gets with is named Hawkins Fuller, and in the series, uh, the series they call him Hawk all the time. Yeah, Tim yeah. Well, they also call him by his best name. Okay, perfect. Oh, I was kind of close. Tim Laughlin. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I had to pull pull up and take a look at it, but I'm just like. I listened to the audiobook of the book after watching the show and was a little struck by that there's a, quite a few differences there. But yeah, they have a, this little affair going on. Then Tim joins the army, then comes back to get a job, and Hawkins winds up basically preventing him from getting it because he wants to start, start his own straight wash liar, liar life uh, 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 alone. Then, years was, later... What? No, I was going to ask, was that like a bigger plot point in the book? Because I feel like it was... It, I, I feel like it was meant to be like a huge kind of revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it, that's... It's towards yeah. the end. The, the, the show added a lot more, so it kind of felt like, oh, so that's why... Tim's living like this. Right. Well, I, I guess maybe I, my takeaway from it was, this is going to sound awful, but I didn't think Tim's life, like, post-talk, seemed all that, like, bad, in the sense that, like, he moved, guys, I'm like, Kelly Osborne. I'm like, in the sense, um, but, like, he moved to, like, San Francisco, and I'm jumping ahead, and I'm sorry, I'll stop, but... I just kind of was like, like I, they made it seem like he was just really like, this was like the lowest form and blah, blah, blah. And that was like a big deal. But it kind of like, I was like, well, he had like such a fantastic life where he, you know, well, I won't say fantastic, but he had such a, a productive life after that, that I feel like, you know, they could have done better, I guess, making it seem like it was a bigger deal in the TV show um, versus the uh, the book. Anyways, I'm so sorry. I'll stop interrupting. You're, you're fine. Why, why, why else would I get you on if I didn't want you to cut in? Because right just... I'm just jumping right to the ending. So. Well, yeah, we're kind of just like, this is kind of a full spoiler talk because, yeah, basically, <laughs> oh, I know. basically that that is, is the big climax of the book. And then it comes forward and finds out that Tim actually managed to live a happy life and then he eventually died of bone cancer, even though he drank milk a lot. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so sorry, that's horrible though, but yeah, I always kind of was like, especially with the milk thing, I was like, oh my gosh, did they like really love milk back then? Uh, um, but they changed it in the series where, uh, yeah, Tim 
has more interactions with Hawk's family, and he becomes, uh, yeah, he moves to San Francisco, becomes an activist during the, uh, for gay weather rights and during the AIDS crisis, and, whew. yeah, um, in fact, in fact, one of the last, the last scene is now, now where Hawk finds a square commemorating him on the AIDS memorial quilt. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see, um, you just kind of get that depicted because you very rarely hear about stuff like that unless it's like involved with, like, and I would say too, especially with the Princess Diana fever that we're coming off from. She was like a huge activist in like just the AIDS, I'll say pandemic at the time, because it was like really so unknown and there were so many like fears about it. And she was like one of the like ambassadors for it and really kind of put everyone's fears to rest more so than that other crappy Reagan and Nancy Reagan. So boo, tomato, tomato to them. But um, yeah, I was just kind of, I was really, it was nice to see that, especially just because we are kind of coming from an, an, a time where Princess Diana was on trend for a while, and they, I, I rarely saw anything about all of the, the charity work that she saw being featured. It was more so about her against the royal family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, continue. So, um, yeah, there was also, they, they also, basically, they did change the ending in the series from the novel, but I also noticed that during the 50s part, they added more characters who were queer, who weren't in the book. Um, like, the, oh, like who? Uh, Marcus and Frankie. <laughs> Aw, I loved them. So yeah, they're the to the series. I mean, I guess that's awesome because I really actually enjoyed them, so I didn't know idea they were original characters. Yeah. And, uh... Matt Bomer and Jonathan Bailey play Hawk and Tim and they're this, so, you know, uh, Matt Bomer and Jonathan Bailey hooking up, that was really, was, I gotta be honest, that was really what pulled me in. I was like, wait, wait we get there, they're gonna be together? Okay, when does this start? It's <laughs> like every episode, too, and I'm not a poot or anything, but I was like, oh my god, is this happening again? Yeah, there is a lot of chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, so much even when they were appearing together for events, people were like, are, are they actually a, a, a thing now? Even though, I believed it. I was like, I was on board with it. I was like, I think they're dating. I think they're in love. Even though uh, Matt, Matt's married and, um, I don't know, does Jonathan have a, bit, a boyfriend at the moment? Maybe. I don't know if he does, but I know Matt is married. He has, like, I believe it, either two children or I know he has a teenage son for sure, but... Um, he's been married for quite some time. Jonathan Bailey, I'm not sure. The last I saw him was hanging out with Ariana Grande, which is kind of funny, too, because before the whole, like, her dating um, Ethan Slater, everybody was assuming that they were dating because, like, and this is just some Jonathan Bailey history, or not even history, but prior to this, like, I think the thing that really made him popular was, um, oh my gosh, what's it called? It's that show on Netflix. Bridgerton? Bridgerton, thank you, yeah, and so, like, I feel like coming off of that, a lot of people assumed he was just a um, Fabio-esque romantic person, and no, he's gay, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry, I... Sorry, you Ariana Grande stands. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, if you want to take a little aside, I had first seen him in the show Crashing, which, um, I was watching that because it featured Damien Maloney, who is my personal crush. <laughs> Oh, so and I have a new one. Well, that's kind of how I got into Chris Hemsworth. I went to go see the Star Trek movie because I was obsessed with Chris Pine, and then I ended up falling for Chris Hemsworth, even though he's in there for like two seconds. And it was that two seconds that really sold it to me. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, in Crashing, he put, uh, Jonathan Bailey played this. I mean, the whole premise is that there's these uh, group of people living together in an abandoned uh, hospital as. Basically, they're there to make sure no one's squatting there. They're still paying to live there. They're legally renting it as a place to live. But basically, before this place gets renovated, they're basically there to make sure nothing, no one's breaking in and messing up the place before. They're called property guardians and whatever. 
But anyway, uh, he plays this womanizer who suddenly falls uh, for a dude. So. Really? Yeah. I always wonder if writers like meet the actor and then get inspiration from their real like life and then kind of Im- Im- like right into the character. It's a very Walt Disney sort of mentality to have. He's. Mm. It was based on a play by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's also since moved into more mainstream stuff lately, so... Oh. Yeah. Cool, I love that. So, I'm gonna have to check it out, actually, so I'm really interested in that now. I mean, it's just six episodes, and it's currently on Netflix, so... Perfect, even this is a huge advertisement for it, and all of the listeners don't know. No, they... they, they... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So that that was when I first saw him, and it did later in flow. Uh, he comes up again, again. I'm like, who is that? I'm like, oh yeah, he was in that show I watched where he went gay. <laughs> and it turns out he's gay in real life, so it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> and that was out. that was something cool about fellow travelers is that they had actual queer people playing queer characters in this historical drama. And they even went ahead and expanded the amount of queer characters we saw, so. Yeah, I like that aspect of it, too, especially because you can tell with, and, you know, keep in mind, and no shade to Bradley Cooper or the Oscars, even though I'm about to talk trash about them. Um, Matt Bomer was also recently in that new movie, Maestro, I want to say, with Bradley Cooper, where he plays his gay husband. And even just the comparison of the two, which is kind of, ironic that they're kind of these period pieces about gay men and i think one of them is more so i don't want to say like accurate or i don't want to say like you know it represents it not everybody it represents a different side of it but i feel like i liked the matt bomer in fellow travelers versus the maestro or master or whatever it's called um because in master was more focused on like his relationship with his wife not um, Matt Bomer, but Bradley Cooper's character. And I feel like in a lot of gay media, they tend to do that where they want, like, you know, to paint sympathy for either the straight couple. And there is some of that in Fellow Travelers, correct? But it's not like it's part of the character building, it's not the central story. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that, that was an interesting kind of parallel. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. Yeah, we get. Like, lesbian representation, which really wasn't in there, uh, there that much in the novel. I loved them, and I hated that secretary. I hated her so much. Okay. And then... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, with Marcus and Frankie, we got uh, people of color also represented, so... Yeah, it was really... It showed a lot, especially just kind of the difference of how people were treated. You had, um, I, I forgot exactly what her um, job title was, but you had um, Matt Bomer's character, Hawk's secretary, who was living with another female. And really, it was kind of nice to see how they were, you know, essentially having a relationship in a time when it wasn't allowed. It showed Tim kind of that window into that life. Yet another secretary who is not the best. She, we don't like her. She's a tattletale and she rats everybody out. And um, I don't know, what, I forgot what her character's name is, but she was the worst. Wait, was and that Miss Addison? Just, maybe, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Um, they like kind of tell her off a couple of times and I'm like, she's got to stop popping up. But um, yeah, and it was just kind of interesting to see sort of these different aspects of it and even kind of be, like, seeing which the aspect I like the best is seeing how they all took care of each other, essentially, even though Hawk was a little bit more, um, I'll say, out for himself at points, but, you know, he kind of was doing what was best for his people when it served him best. Yeah. it. It's kind of like... You both want to hate Hawk for having to hide who he is, but also, on the other hand, you realize it, it it's his job, it's everything, it's his public reputation if he gets outed, so it's like, he's tied, but he's kind of tied by choice, so... Yeah. It's, kind of like a prisoner of his own design. So, it, it's like, these are... When you, when you stop and think about them, these are complex characters, and it's no wonder that 
you know, this eventually got evolved into the series. And it, it, the novel is also adapted into an opera, but I literally don't know anything about it other than it exists, so. Oh. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, after seeing the show, it's been imagining what the opera's like. I I don't know if I could sit through that comfortably. So. I, 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 I'm going to guess they did not have someone sucking someone else's toes, so. <laughs> well, then, can we even call it an opera at this point? Oh, boy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, I, I, I mean, I mean, I, it's it's just out there with the uh, uh, with the you know homoeroticism instead of just putting in subtext like everything else. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say, was that even like a main feature in the book? Like, was there a I'll say like a dom and sub relationship balance to them? Because I feel like that's what they were trying to paint. They were um, in the show. Yeah, the show is definitely more explicit with the sex scenes in the book, though. There are, you know, I was listening to to it uh, in audiobook, and uh, there was at one point where I was very glad I was in a private place where no one else could hear me while I was going, oh, gosh! Because <laughs> it's just, But that, it's not really till the end that we really get a graphic description of them making love to each other. And it's not even. That big, although there is a part where, you know, they talk about um, someone penetrating someone else and that they that they flipped the his script at one point. And... Oh my, wow, alright. So Go fellow travelers, I guess. So yeah, um, it, it's there, it's just, you know, a little more subdued in the book because it's up to your imagination anyway, so... And I'm sure probably the other thing is that um, I think with the TV show, they're probably trying to find a way to make it more, let's say, salacious. And um, that's just something that, quote-unquote, sells. Yeah, it's really the thing with adapting books into, you know, dramatic fashion because now instead of you imagine what goes on there, you, you kind of have to show it. <laughs> Right, exactly. You have to paint that picture for people because we it's you know, we have the capability to do it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um we also get some real life figures uh, in the the show, including Justin McCarthy and Roy Cohn, who are kinda like the people who are really big on uh, uh cracking down on gays in the uh, government. Just um you know what was up with those guys? I could imagine because um, it usually turns out this way anytime anyone. Um, there's that very famous quote from Shakespeare where, um, and I always say this incorrectly, so I'm going to say the wrong one, but it's the lady doth protest too much. And that often means that if they are um, complaining about it the most, then they usually are part of that team. Yeah. Yeah, they are both. I mean, I think it's alleged or at some point other points confirmed they at least had same sex basically dalliances going on that they didn't just have attractions, they actually acted on them just to try to keep them secret, of course. Like, uh, Roy Cohn died of, like, AIDS in the 80s but refused to be, uh, but basically made it so they, uh, would make it, it declared that he died of something else so they people wouldn't yeah. think he was gay. Yeah, which is so odd, and not odd, but sad, because kind of very similar to Rock Hudson, he, you know, had AIDS, and he passed from it, um, and it's just one of those things where I guess, like, you know, at that time, and it's not just, you know, gay people that get AIDS, but at the time, it was very much believed that, so, um, I don't know, you you feel sympathy for them, but at the same time, you know, how... Could they be doing this to so many other people and ruining so many other lives um, when they are, themselves are partaking in it, I guess I'll say. Yeah. The, the whole thing is that the real answer to making, getting rid of the chance that someone would be blackmailed for being gay in the government is to not make it, to destigmatize being gay at all. 
Yeah, I know. I like the solution to everything was like, I'm not going to blackmail you, or you can't blackmail me, I'm going to blackmail you. <laughs> that is not the solution. So, yeah, um, it's... The show is already been picking up some to- uh, awards, like uh, the Golden Tomato Award for Best Miniseries, the uh, Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series of Movie Made for Television for Jonathan Bailey, where he was making... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that the one where he made that little... Uh, where he made a few... I think little... so. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. And there's a few more that are pending, like the Satellite Awards and the People's Choice Awards and Screen Actors Guild and Glad Media Awards, so... Well, I mean, honestly... I think too, and it kind of like my coming out of it. I, it made me want to like watch more, um, more shows that are representative of you know anyone in the LGBTQ plus. Um, just because we don't get a lot of media like this, and I feel like if anything, you know, yeah, it's like maybe a different view of it, and it might not be. You know, it might not leave everybody with that, you know, lovey-dovey feeling at the end, but it's just fun to support it, especially when it has such a a great queer cast as well, so. Yeah. Whew. I mean... It, Nelson it, Williams. It's becoming a more common thing lately where we have queer media that is not just a little underground thing you gotta go looking for, but it's actually out there getting advertised... And it actually has notable actors who, you know, Jonathan Bailey's playing Fear in the Wicked movie that just dropped uh, its trailer and uh, totally broke the Super Bowl. No one cares about you, Taylor Swift, anymore. It's not Wicked. <laughs> I'm more invested in Lana Del Rey, but I mean, hey, she was there too. But yeah, he sure is going to be in Wicked. He's got to have a big year. Bridgerton, Wicked, Hell Travelers. Yeah, so. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of glad we're, we're that we are getting queer media like this. But um, I always gotta tell people that we kind of have to show up for it if we want more of this. Because if you decide this show, uh, I don't think this show looks like it's going to be for me. I'm not going to watch it. Then we're not going to get any more because studio execs are going to look at that and be like, "Well, it didn't sell. Why would we want to do more?" <laughs> right, and that's kind of the thing. And I will say, I think that we often just being in a group of people that aren't often represented or aren't often painted in the best life, we really have to fight for our space in things. Um, You know, keep in mind, we used to be kind of like a trope in just movies meant to be mocked or made fun of, and we kind of grown from that. Um, we used to come from sitcoms where straight actors were playing, you know, gay characters, which, you know, to the pioneers, that's awesome. Like Will and Grace, um, that's, you know, a, a great thing to kind of say that they're the first. Um, but now we're kind of getting to the point where we're being representative. They are putting um, binary characters into stuff. They're being included. And I feel like when there is media that is to us, and I'm not talking about like just like, Drag Race or American Horror Story. Like, you have to support other stuff, too. Um, because that's how more stuff gets made. And, you know, we, 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 gotta, we, we gotta give our flowers when they're due to people. Just not that horrible, horrible, oh my gosh, what's it called? Um, Stonewall movie. Don't watch that. It's awful. Yeah, watch, um, what was her name? There's someone who made, recently released a review of that where she had, uh, Queer people while watch it, and then they went out and went to the actual stone wall and to party for oh. the night. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome! I love this already. So, <laughs> yeah, there, there's it's a real good review where they where they watch it, you hear their, their reactions. Yeah, I swear, it cuts over to her breaking down the movie, and then at the end, they all go, go out, go out and party. I'm like, that's a real, that that's probably better than the uh, the whole movie itself. I, I. I always wanted to do a viewing party of it or, like, a watch party of it. Not in the sense of, like, I want to be like, hey, everybody, we're going to watch this movie and, like, we're going to, like, you know, take it seriously. I think it it's definitely a topic that should be taken seriously. But I'm like, I just want to kind of be like, this movie's so ridiculous. I can't believe that it even got, like, they thought this was going to be a good idea at the time. 
Yeah, you want uh, you want one where you, you can have maybe a few drinks, maybe and, and yell back at the TV. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, fellow travelers, there. I you know, if you want to enjoy the book, great. It it, it it inspired the TV series to build on it, and in my opinion, I think the story they told in the TV series was actually better. Because it expanded the better, expanded the breadth of representation. I think it deepened the characters a little bit more. And wow, I thought, I thought for sure you're going to say the book is like way better. Continue, but <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, I, I recommend the show. It's on Showtime, uh, time which you get can get rich. I mean, I, I, I. Yeah, I, I don't love that you get Showtime to a subscription and to Paramount Plus, so it means you have to pay like at least 11 bucks a month, but I mean, if you don't want to do that going on for a while, just pay it once, watch it, and boom, and hopefully it eventually comes out on Blu-ray and regular digital sales so you can watch it elsewhere. You saying use your free trial and then cancel it, um, but um... You could do that. Hey, um, hey. Also, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, times are tough. You got to say money where you can, okay? It's very coded to that way, but um, yeah, it's on Paramount Plus is where I watched it. Um, I did see something that possibly Paramount Plus might be fusing with somebody else, so that might be cool. It might be included with some other things. Um, and if all else fails, if you forget to cancel your subscription before the monthly one, um, Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club is on there too. So you can always go over and watch that once you're finished with fellow travelers. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's, my, that's my promotion. Yeah, you gotta shout out Queen Lindsay there. <laughs> I have to. She's gonna be in an Irish... Um, I don't know if it's a holiday or if it's an Irish um, rom-com soon. So, yeah... Let's do an episode of that one next. Hmm. Wait, 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 what's that called? <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, she just posted it on her Instagram the other day. I don't know if they dropped the trailer yet, though. But um, I know it's a... Oh, Irish Wish. Okay, all right. She's surrounded by Irish men in it, I'm assuming. So we can go make a gay version now, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure there will be some, but I mean, you just got to support Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> she, she, at this moment, you know, hey, she was there for us in the early 2000s. We got to be there for her now. Oh. Yeah, she, uh, she makes a cameo in the Mean Girls, I guess. It's an adaptation of musical, but come on, it's a remake. <laughs> I honestly want more of her making cameos and stuff. I did read that they wanted her to make a cameo in Abbott Elementary because... Um, the woman who plays Chessie in The Parent Trap is in it, and she wants to have her come on and be like a like a relative of hers. And I would, honestly, I would probably lose my mind if that did happen. Okay. So, something going on. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I feel like I've made this a Lindsay Lohan episode now. Fellow Travels, great show. Everyone should watch it. Yeah. Even, even if you hate gay people, watch it anyway. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah. If you can might you can learn something. Yeah. So yeah, um <laughs> yeah, I I whew, I did kinda wanna do a, a talk a little bit more, more about the lavender scare, but then I realized that LGBT History Month is coming up in October for the US. It's actually right now in the UK. So, um, but, so I think that I'll try to research a little bit more and we'll come back with something in October. But, yeah, so look forward to that. That's a little tease there. Oh, I love that. And I am going to look forward to that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess not. The episode, not the topic that it's about. That part is not wasn't a good thing. So, yeah. Well, you know it. You kind of have to wonder. There definitely had to have been some people who tried to look out for each other that 
maybe that probably helped build some of the community that we saw eventually build up to gay rights uh, eventually break through. So, yeah, and I guess I'll say this, and it's going to sound kind of dumb, but I, I think if anything, it made me appreciate having queer spaces in our communities. Not for the sense that we want to exclude people. I know, um, I like that every every gay pride. I always see that gif of that guy going, "No straights, no straights allowed," and it always just makes me laugh. Just because, in the sense that, like, once again, we really had to fight to get just a space for us to be safe, essentially. And now we have so many different bars, communities, events really tailored towards us, it, it makes you kind of appreciate that. And I will say, if you haven't gone to any of it, not, like, if you're listening and haven't gone to any of it, um, try it. I Every time I go out, I usually feel a lot safer when I'm in a place that is embracing who I am. And not, like, in a way that they just want my money, but, like, they are essentially there for me to enjoy myself. Um, so, yeah heard a sweet meow but um that's my advice to everybody and that's actually what the tv show i was like man i was like they have like a gay speakeasy that's so cool and i mean that's what that's what i took away from it in the beginning yeah that scene was not in the book but i noticed but i remember that and was like okay that's cool they added that you know yeah well that's why they and whether it was real or whether they were like that or not, I mean, I just think it was such a cool concept. I was like, I want to go to like a club that's a speakeasy that's for gay people only. All right. Well, I think we kind of like, yeah. I, when when I do something with you, solo, we kind of kind of go through it pretty quick. I'm sorry. You got what? Hey, whatever. It's a quick listen. I, I, I don't mind. Oh, okay, well, I always like feel not that I, I always feel like I get distracted. So I always feel like you're trying to keep me on point, and I'm just going on and on about other stuff. Hey, you know, here's the thing about this: is that it ties into real life events, real life events tied to others. Like you know, through through even Roy Cohn here, we we tie into the AIDS crisis, and then that gets into more, and you get it's like everything that's based on real life is all connected because it's all real life. And they also brought up Harvey Milk, too, and they kind of, you, you really, you see a lot about his life, but you don't really see a lot about kind of the aftermath, and it was really actually interesting to see that being portrayed, because very, you know, I, you know, I know who he is, and I know about him, but I don't, I guess I didn't realize kind of all that stuff that was happening afterwards. The history books often just skip everything that kind of leads up to it. They just get to that point, and then that's what they share. So, yeah, and yeah, anything with Harvey Milk was definitely not in the book. So, really, yeah. Oh, well, I guess it makes sense because it was all tied to the other stories that were made for the TV show. Yeah, that's that's why. I'm, wow. So yeah, it takes more gay history into consideration. Everything. That's why I'm like, I think this might actually be better than the books. So. I could see that. I would actually, well, I guess maybe if it was an ongoing series and it wouldn't be as, um, it wouldn't be, um, it would be a slow pace, but I would love to see a spinoff of what everyone else is doing other than Hawk. Sorry, Hawkins. Yeah, we love you, Matt Bomer, we really do, but, um, your character, this one was kind yeah, of love to see, Yeah, love to see more of you, but, um, we're, we're good with your character, he, uh, I've, I've had enough. Loved his Fire Island home, though. Oh my god, it made me want to go to Fire Island so bad. Uh huh. Which also ties into more, more real life stuff. I, I know. I is listen, it? I listened to an audiobook about Fire Island sometime back. <laughs> Do you want to know why it's called Fire Island? Um, yes, I do, I do want to know. I was trying to guess, but yeah, I would love to know. Because stuff kept catching on fire. <laughs> I was afraid it was going to be something like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, it was probably because Matt Bober was just smoking the entire time. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Bober, anything you're in, we're checking it out because you're awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. If anything, it made me want to go there even more. Um, so thanks. But yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe if what was your takeaway from the TV show? Like, what was your like? I don't want to say the message that resided with you, but what did what was your experience up with it like? Ooh, just <sighs> it's. I mean, I really said the the whole thing that talk. I, I love the idea that Tim was ch- ch- decided to do more. Like he, the novel does a lot more with his Catholic background and him confessing about about his sins because 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 he just feels guilty about about every time every time he's with Hawk. But right, and there and he eventually just decides. You know what? I can't. If God made me this this way, then maybe I don't need to be sorry every time. But the the novel, yeah. the series by making him go become an activist was like not only am I not going to be sorry about it, I'm proud of who I am. I'm just like, yeah, you go. <laughs> I think that's like a lot of people's experiences too. Is is I feel well, I guess I won't say a lot of people's, but I feel like it's such a real kind of thing to have happen you can kind of almost go from being one opposite to going to the other and um i loved seeing that growth for him i thought it was really full circle for me yeah uh and uh, honestly can i say something i know that uh jonathan bailey looked cute as tim with his glasses and everything in the 50s but we showed him in the 80s dying of age and he kind of looks a little rough i'm like i could get with that (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say they really. I'm not to be like they didn't like to the hair and makeup people like Matt Bomer. They really aged him up, and then I felt like Jonathan Bailey. They did not age him up like at all. He was like he still looked, and I understand he was like they were trying to show him struggling with AIDS. But I was like, you still look pretty good for this. Also, Matt Bomer as like an older like grandfather was still a smoke show. So, um. Even um, Allison Williams' character, I was like, she's still gorgeous. Like, how old are these people supposed to be? Because these are not grandparents. My grandparents did not look like that. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Matt, Matt Bowers probably is going to be a smoke show till the day he ascends to the next one because I don't think he's ever going to die. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was literally just reading this thing and people were like, wouldn't it be great if Matt Bomer got cast as Nightwing in the new Batman film? And I was like, as much as I love Matt Bomer and as much as I would love to have had that back in the day, I think he's a little old now. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Oh no, if you, if he's doing that, he's got to be going, uh, playing just Batman himself and you already have a, a, a Nightwing. Right, that's why I'm. But I mean, like, I would have loved to have seen him as Nightwing in maybe like the like 2000s Batman movies, or when that Superman movie came out with Brandon Roth. He could have gotten away with it then. See, see that Superman Returns movie that should have been DC the DC universe. That should have been something other than what it was. Okay, you had a great cast, but you decided to, for some reason just to go with a reboot of the Christopher Reeve movies. And it's like. You're not that anymore. Just do something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, hey, now they're all in the multiverse. Um, but if anything, the multiverse is giving us Electra again, hopefully. So, fingers crossed. Oh, boy. Well, so, oh, boy. There was just. Whew. So this show, the connections, history, the actors, everything. There's just like so much here that is just so great to talk about. Um. So, I mean, yeah. So basically, fellow traveler, what what did you get a character of Frankie? Because the novel didn't have any uh, drag characters or any gender-bending characters like that, but they added Frankie as a regular one. Um, I think... I guess, I don't know. I'll say this. I don't know exactly how... I mean, I guess there's been other movies, though. I guess it's not an uncommon thing. Because I was more or less thinking in the moment, I was sort of like, I feel like that, yes, I'm sure there was probably, you know, um, people who did drag back then. But I was like, I don't know if... 
like a character like Frankie was really accurate to that time period. But then I think about other stuff that was kind of like in the news at the time. And I could totally see somebody like doing that and then just being kind of marked out as like an oddball um, or somebody strange or somebody, you know, who's deviant in some sort of way. But um, I liked the character. I thought that it was definitely, I actually really loved when they kind of like, jumped ahead to them living in San Francisco. I wish they would have shown more of their life in San Francisco and almost less of their life in D.C. Because, um, A, D.C.'s a dump. No, I'm just kidding. So just kidding, D.C. listeners, if there are any. Um, but, um, yeah, I was really, like, kind of... I wanted to see more of that because I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, they, they should have gotten the spinoff. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would have watched it. I loved watching them, like, all work together and, like, run this little community. I don't want to say I loved seeing the AIDS stuff, but, I mean, I was fascinated by all that stuff, and it actually made me want to go out and learn more about it, Um, which, I mean, I'll be honest, even if that's, like, the takeaway from it, that's still a pretty good takeaway because, like, a a good writing or a good show that has good writing makes you want to learn more about the topic. Yeah. Um, There's a podcast called fiasco they did a whole season about aids so oh oh that's good to know uh, i think too i'm sorry you go yeah i, I was just going to say that it really touches on different communities and how people were affected and everything like they had a whole episode about um how hemophiliacs were affected by it you know so yeah, that's a little yeah, recommendation to check out. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what I was going to say is that, like, if anything, you know, check out the show and just see if it it, it makes you want to learn more about anything in particular. Um, because I, I feel like being ignorant is unfortunately in fashion now. And what I mean by that is that a lot of people are okay with not knowing stuff about a topic and they're also okay with not educating themselves on it and we live in a day and age where we have yes oh sorry we we live in a day and age where we have like computers and i think that if anything there's so much access to more information than ever before Mm -hmm. and people really (laughs) don't bother to even do a google search right exactly and that's kind of like my whole thing is I guess that's that's the that's what I took away from it is I need to educate myself more. Yeah, but hey, you know what? At least you're willing to do the uh, to put in the work. Okay, there's people who are uh, like, oh my gosh, why are, is the new X Men uh, totally woke? And it's like, did you just learn about X Men? Oh my god, I wanted to talk about that so badly. We're going to. We are going to. Okay, like in the next month. I'm so sorry. To any of your listeners out there, straight men are ruining everything. And I hate, 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 once again, that we have to fight for a space in spaces that are made for us. And, oh my gosh, it just irks me so much. And all these horrible comic book people coming in and being like, X-Men are woke now. And I'm like, the message is flying over your head and it's driving me nuts. Because the X-Men literally was made for people who were different, being outcast. And it's just can't i can't i can't i can't even go on about it keep talking about fellow travelers i'm gonna lose it all right all right um jonathan bailey's hot (laughs) (laughs) i'll lose it i'm just kidding (laughs) okay well oh boy i love talking with you john i know it's fun especially when you just let me go off on tangents it's my favorite part all right, well, yeah, so, yeah, Hawk, um, if we didn't make it clear, eventually marries a woman named Lucy during the series, and um, in the novel, basically... As a family. They're good. Yeah, Lucy and Hawk remain married, mm-hmm. and that, that's basically it. The, uh, the series gives Lucy a little more characterization, where basically she knows what's going on. Yeah, I think at the beginning I was kind of interested to see if she was going to take it with stride. We have a lot of famous people who often covered for their gay lovers. 
Um, well, I guess that sounds weird, but um, like Doris Day comes to mind. Um, I think Judy Garland did as well. Um, and you kind of almost don't think about it, even though nowadays a lot of media is painting their stories a little more, um, a little more as like the main victims rather than the actual people who are being, you know, I, I guess I was scared to be themselves. But um, it was kind of interesting to see her, like, her in it, because it seemed more like she was just angry. And I think that's something that's never really, you know, shown. They don't really show these people who are hurt and angry about it. They just show them more so being, like, hurt and accepted or, you know, hurt and then they're sad about it. But, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, so uh, they gave her a little more more of a deeper characterization, and yeah. So yeah, I wonder what ever happened to her brother too. Her brother? Hmm. Yeah, I remember. Like, it seemed like everyone in Lucy's life was like gay. I thought over a moment her father was gonna be gay too, but I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, because remember they like the the brother got, like, taken away, and then Hawk drove him to that facility where they were, like, basically just gonna, like, shock therapy him. Ugh. And then Lucy was all like, I wanna know what's going on, and then they were like, oh, we'll tell you. So, yeah. Ah, boy. Was, I'm, I know, I'm assuming, was he not in the book? No. Oh, okay. So... All right, never mind to that, man. They add a lot more to the series, I say. <laughs> I would say that, that there's a reason why they didn't just make this a movie. I'm sure if it was just a movie with, like, two hours or so, they would've, it would have just been a straightforward adaptation of the novel. But uh, they went for a series and really fleshed out the world and the characters and the story. And it's like, I, I, I think you actually improved on it this time. Yeah, it sounds like it. So. <laughs> the person who wrote this book is going to listen to this and be like, these two are horrible. Well, uh, uh, Thomas Mellon, you create a cool thing, okay? It's just that someone else ran with your creation and then built on it, made it better. You should be proud that you had the foundation, okay? Yeah, yeah, Thomas. If anything, you know, the most flattering form of um, copying is somebody else doing it better, so... Yeah, he, he, but it's not. I made that up. Sorry. Does it mean that imitation is a serious form of flattery, or it's something like that? I think I think it was from America's Next Top Model where they said if you're going to copy somebody, you got to do it better. <laughs> just that's what I took it from. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I'm looking over his Wikipedia. I'm sorry. I'm looking, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. It says, Over the game, Mellon currently lives with his longtime partner, William Bonisichas, in Washington, D.C. as a president of murders at the George Washington University. He wants to describe it as a supposed literary intellectual slash homosexual slash Republican. During the 2016 election, he was actively involved in scholars and writers against Trump, a group of disaffected conservatives, and he left the Republican Party in 20, uh, November 2016. I mean, uh, okay? Like, if... Fun. If people listen to my our last episode where I talked about Wicked at the end, I kind of said something like, why is anyone vote Republican anymore? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we're waiting for our answers. Well, <laughs> oh boy, because this, uh, 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 oh, it's like, I know that there was a time where the Republicans actually were the Progressive Party, but it's been a while. And it's definitely not where the party is right now. And the fact that it doesn't seem to do mm. anything but actively want to harm groups like our group, the LGBT community. It's just like, why? <laughs> this doesn't help anybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for people who want smaller government and lower taxes, well, don't we all, but someone's actually got to pay to run the government. And since you don't want to tax the rich, it's going to fall on the rest of us. So... Work it out, yo. <laughs> I mean, hey. Yeah, exactly. Get it together, government. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, we... I think we wound up going in a few different quarters than we thought we would, so... Yeah, did we get political? We touched on fellow... Yeah. We, yeah, I was gonna say we touched on fellow travelers, we touched on politics, 
We touched on Lindsay Lohan. We touched on a lot of different topics. It was super important that we got to Lindsay Lohan. I mean, I for me it was. I better read the t- episode description. Okay. Fellow travelers, slash, we love Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, just make it. How did we get onto the Lindsay Lohan topic for fellow travelers? Stay tuned. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so I'd listen to this episode. So. Yeah, if anything, Lindsay Lohan was someone growing up and showed up being in the showbiz industry, and that can kind of mess up your development a bit, a bit because and other things like hey, she also dated a. She also dated a woman, too, so she is a part of the LGBTQ plus community. We need her. So there we go. Okay, we'll just have you interview the Dilo here, and that could be an episode. <laughs> oh my god, I would die. I would love that so much. No, if you die, you can't do the interview. <laughs> I would do afterwards. I, 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 but what did I say before? <laughs> no, I need you in my <laughs> life, Okay. <laughs> Well, after I interviewed Lindsay Lohan, I'm done. So that's just it. Well, eventually, you know, that's just how life works. I'm like Nanny McPhee. Once you don't need me anymore, I have to go. I peace out. <laughs> uh, your 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 remake of Air Nanny McPhee is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be me getting an interview with Lindsay Lohan and then being like, goodbye, and my snaggletooth will disappear. That will be the end of it. Okay, you hey, made me crack up. Fellow traveler. I, I think fellow traveler. I think we said our thing, so I was getting ready to wrap up here. I mean, I think your main social is on Instagram. Yes, it is florals. The number four spring lower score groundbreaking. Um, I'm also on TikTok. You can find me at Barbie's Dream Divorce. Um, I think it's Barbie's Dream Divorce Settlement. And then I'm also on Twitter, which is at jmiranda133. So please, please, please follow me. I'm just as chaotic on there as I am in real life. So, and on this thing. I love you, John. Thank you. I love doing this with you, too. This is fun. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, and um, I I guess mostly I'm J J of Mo on Instagram. I I do have a Twitter. We we're dead naming Twitter to the other time, <laughs> and, uh, but but I'm not really active on there as much anymore. That's J D of Mo, and if you can find me on Facebook with J Davis, well, good for you. You can hit follow. I'm not going to add you as a friend unless I know who you are. <sighs> Mine's open to the public. You can follow me and I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, John, thank you. You made me crack up big time here today. Thank you so much. This was a fun fellow travelers review. Probably the worst one. But hey, I had a great time. Yeah. We talked about the book. We talked about the show. And I guess, you know, well... Uh, I mean, does it say something that the original was written by a guy who went with the Republican Party and had someone live a happy, quiet life, and then someone else takes over and they become an activist? Yeah, I was about to say, he really mirrored his own life. So, I, I, I mean, hopefully, so. Yeah. Oh, boy, I would just... All right, well... John, once again, thank you. You're welcome. Love ya.